Hi guys, Tim here. Welcome to Bottled Up Blokes Opened Up Podcast. Please subscribe to us on any of the platforms you use to listen to podcasts so we continue to get more men to open up. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. Cheers. This is the first inaugural Bottled Up Blokes podcast with me, Ben Eveson, and Tim Cox. So it's probably a good point just to say what we're doing here. So Tim created a group, Bottled Up Blokes, to support men with mental health. And myself and Tim discussed the possibility of doing a podcast where we discuss our own mental health challenges, get other people on to discuss their mental health challenge, and hopefully find a way of supporting men through any mental health challenges, how big or small they may feel they are, we want to be there for everyone. So I think first thing first, Tim, why did you set up the group? Well, it started off as an idea of a coffee morning. I thought I could get in the local village on a Saturday morning because I take my youngest to dance class between nine and quarter to ten. So I thought 45 minutes, half an hour, something like that, see if some lads will come together, have a coffee, have a chat and a calf. That went tits up pretty quick because there's no cafes open in our village at that time. There's one in a village near us, but by the time I got there and got back, then the time's going to be limited to like 20 minutes or something like that. So from that, I then kind of thought, right, what else can I do? And I undenied over it. I thought, I'm going to do a Facebook group and just have it for men. Just see what see what interest they get. I'll be honest, I didn't expect a lot of interest. It was kind of a, let's see what happens. Let's do it and let's go from there. And that's basically all it was. So I put it on Facebook on my own profile, created the page, put it on my profile, sent it out. Well, the reaction, brilliant. It was it was mental. I didn't expect the reaction like that. So that's how the group came along. It seems to have, have grown legs quite quickly. How many how many members is the Facebook group at now, roughly? I think Facebook's about 185, something like that. It's, it's just below 200. Yeah. And they're scattered all over as well. It's not just in our village, which potentially is kind of what I thought it might be. You know, I've, I've pulled some from some other people that I know are on some other groups. They've joined it. And generally, it's just grew. Like, I've, I've recently opened uh, on Twitter. Obviously, it's a bit different on Twitter with it not being private. It's hard to be private with just blokes on Twitter. So there's only so much content yeah. you can chuck out. But it's basically just, I've just been going on Twitter, following the right people, looking at accounts like a similar thing to, to ours. And following people on that and then they've followed us seen what we're doing and joined our group and some of them are on facebook some of them are just on twitter it's, i mean it's, it seems to be going well so far which is good and i think from my perspective it's really opened my eyes to the wider challenges that people have obviously it is it is a male only group on Facebook. the private group on facebook's male only but I feel the importance of having that safe space a group of you know a group of bottled up blokes if you like you know, pardon the uh, the plug of the uh, the name of the group, but um, you know what what's the importance of having like a group of men all all kind of together? I think if we had women in the group, and this is no offence to any women, but if we had women in the group, men act differently around women, a yeah. lot differently. So Can I just say as well, away, anytime you say no offence, you're generally going to offend somebody. So <laughs> yeah, no offence by that comment, but yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm not being uh, funnier out, but so you, you're just about yeah. to be funny then. Anyway, yeah, carry on. I just have to get that in. <laughs> yeah, basically, I just thought that blokes act differently around women because yeah. they, generally they're like macho and, you know, think we're the things. And I've, I've seen it personally, what blokes can be like supporting blokes. They just need a platform. And that's what it was, giving a platform for a bloke to go, I can feel safe. Like some people that are in the group still might not feel safe to open up, which is absolutely yeah. fine. 
but hopefully seeing what other people are doing and seeing what other people are saying can make them think actually you know maybe i can open up and this this ain't going to get spread around and i'm not if i do bump into someone in supermarket it's going to be a friendly nod you're right that kind of thing it's yeah. not going to be oh my god look at him what's he you know he's been up to this and yeah. if it ever did fair, there's been a massive a massive uptake in people saying i don't normally do things like this or you know this is the first time mm. i've opened up about this which you know from your perspective in terms of what you wanted you know that's got to be a good uh, a good initial sign yeah the main obviously the main thing is just getting men to talk that's all it is it's just getting men to talk and this gives them a bit of a platform to feel safe to talk about anything yeah. anything they want whether it is depression or something like just how shit the day's been or if they want to talk about anything football or anything absolutely anything like you know yourself you put it in about energy rates and prices and stuff like that you know just little things like that it might just be completely not about mental health yeah. but someone in the background could be absolutely papping their pants because they've, they're struggling for money and energy bills are soaring so you've put that in and someone could go oh that could really help me yeah so it's literally you could say anything there's not really obviously there's some limits because you you don't want to be like saying anything ridiculous but most things are off limit most things you can just go for it and say what you want yeah and i think that's good i think people have which is which is nice because you know d there's definitely more visibility about men's mental health absolutely mm. you see it you see it on facebook you see it around you see it in you know trains you know in the little billboard signs around you know things like that so i think from that perspective we're, we're in a we are in a stronger place but i think there's a there's a generation of people that have grown up in a you know macho environment where you know you don't talk about your feelings blokes don't cry you have to man up all that all that kind of stuff and i think one thing i was looking at you know when we decided to do this was the suicide rates in men are ridiculous one of the reasons that, that they say for that, and again, I'm no expert in this, so this is just what I've been reading up over the past couple of weeks, is the, the reason why men generally end up um, committing suicide is because they don't seek help. Mm. And it's quite shocking that 15.3 men commit suicide to every 100,000 in the population. In comparison, 4.9 women commit suicide in every 100,000. So as a man you're three times more likely to commit suicide th th than a woman. And a lot of that is some of the research suggests that it's down to the fact that men will just leave things in until they can't go, they, they, they physically cannot go on any longer, Yeah. Um, which is you know, it's scary. What is good to see is on the decrease. It has been higher and there is some demographics where it is higher, but it's definitely on the decrease. And some of the reason I think for that is some of the um, men are seeking help more they are and you, and you can see that you know that you started a group a few weeks ago and you've got 180 people in there that are all, that are all in there to support and have probably got had their own challenges or maybe they've not got challenges but they just want to be there to support other other people yeah. um which is good um so i think you know a couple of things before we get into it and, and we'll talk about kind of your your mental health journey if, if you like it's probably the best way to describe what we're going to do you know there's, there's places out there to seek help um you know samaritans calm great places to go and seek help a lot of workplaces have bespoke people and places that support in in in, in all sorts of things not just mental health but debt management you know where i work we've got an employee assistance program that does that so yeah we've one got of the, that's one of the overriding messages that we want to to tell people is you know don't suffer alone there is people to help and it's not always the professional people that, that 
you need the help from if you want to speak to you know a bloke on the group if you want to message me directly if you want to message you directly you know i can't Absolutely. give you uh, i can't give you clinical advice on how to you know sort out uh, uh, you know clinical depression or, or that kind of thing what i can do is listen to what you say and, and support you and, and, and i know for yeah that's it that's that you're the thing. same and every bloke that's in that group <clears throat> would probably do the same thing as well which is which is good so we'll uh we'll move on um yeah and uh, it's probably worth just mentioning at this point you know this this might be um a little bit of an uncomfortable conversation in some descriptions because you know we are going to be talking about your journey um but obviously with with anything like this you know there is positives in there uh, but it's important i think to demonstrate what you know from my perspective i've known you for you know 20 over 20 years yeah. um, and i didn't know some of the challenges and struggles that you've had which almost made me feel when i first thought about it, made me feel guilty because you know we, we spent a lot of time together we played football together we hung around together at school after school and all that kind of stuff um, and that's one of the things i think we'll get into as we go through it but just tell me a little bit about you in terms of your kind of you know when you first realized that you, know, you had a you had a challenge with with your own mental health it's hard really because i think back and i can think of like many different stages where that was really tough and yeah that was really tough but i can't give you an exact date or year as such but probably how long would it be in the last seven years or so maybe a little bit longer yeah things have been that's where it's gone i do need help you know yeah. and and what what happened? Like what happened to get to a point where you thought, bloody hell, something's not right here? I felt angry a lot. Uh, yeah. I was losing my temper very, very quickly. Snappy, horrible, moody. Just not me, not the kind of person I was. You know, yeah. I, <laughs> I remember putting up some um, wallpaper at my house and I couldn't do it. And it was literally the first bit and I couldn't do it. And I just remember ripping this wallpaper that was half stuck on the wall off launching yeah. that across the room and then the knife as well which had me and i launched that across the room <laughs> and i'm thinking yeah this this ain't right but at the time we're just thinking oh i'm just frustrated but then it was getting in like at work when i was doing stuff at work and i couldn't do it i'd be like launching my tools and that in frustration yeah and just lashing out just over just really strange things and like just losing my head and a lot of it was built up frustration yeah and not not talking that's such you know it's it's huge it's massive but a lot of it was from just keeping all the shit over the years and everything else in and then it was finally seeping out in that kind of way yeah so i originally went to the doctors and spoke to the doctor did you what, me, what made you what, yeah what made you decide to to think you know i need to go and speak to a, a doctor i think that's a challenge that a lot of people have is they don't really get to that point or they get to that point but they're too uh maybe caught up in in what's going on to think you know I'm yeah. a doctor type, or going to a doctor i'm admitting that you know that i might need some help so what what got you to a point where you was like i, I need to go and see a doctor now well i'd spoke to my missus obviously she'd noticed she'd noticed the moods and that kind of stuff and the i'm not going to say aggression because that's the wrong word <laughs> um <laughs> I, I weren't beating her up or anything it was just like the anger and yeah the snappy yeah she, she'd noticed it yeah i spoke to her about it and i'm like i think i need help i think i need to speak to a doctor in my head at that time i was kind of thinking i don't want to take antidepressants yeah because all that's going to do is mask the problem this is what i was thinking at that point yeah, yeah definitely. all that's yeah. going to do is mask the problem 
So when I sat down with the doctor and they offered me that as an option, I said no. Um, I said I'd rather speak to someone and find out what it is that's bothering me. So they asked me if I had an employee assistance helpline thing. Yeah. No program, sorry. Which we did, and they basically said use that. It'd be so much quicker. Use that. You'll get it. So you'll get like NHS. You're talking at that point. It was about six to eight weeks waiting list. Yeah, a long time. And, isn't it? Yeah, employee assistance program. By the time I spoke to them within a week, I'd got an appointment to sit down and speak to someone. Yeah, and I guess that's quite a big, that's quite a big step because you've done step one and you've admitted to yourself that actually something's not right, hmm. um, and you've gone to speak to your doctor. You know, you've done. You know, I guess you've done the hard step, and then <clears throat> you've then got to take another step, which is actually talking to a professional about your feelings. Yeah. As such. So that's um, tell me, talk to me about that step and how that transition from seeing your doctor, calling someone at your employee assistance program, to then actually getting to sit with somebody to discuss what was going on. The first thing that you do when you speak to your employee assistance program is you'll talk to someone who's trained, which yep. is a massive thing. So you talk to them and they'll basically kind of decide if you do need counselling or whatever therapy. So they did. And they then passed me on to this lady who I I went to see. The strange thing was, I was thinking about this today because I thought this might come up. I remember it being good and I remember it being helpful, but I can't remember a lot about it, if that makes sense. I can't remember exactly what we spoke about. Um, I think a lot of it she put down to sleep, to lack of sleep, and because I I, I used to be a terrible sleeper. It used to take me a couple of hours each night to get sleep. So it would be sleep work not work as in the pressure of work the work as in i was working like birmingham and coventry and peterborough and places like that which you're talking a couple of hours each way Peterborough's even longer and that kind of thing was it was doing me head in because i was having to get up early and at this point we had a freya were young as well yeah so it was it was our drive as well though a two-hour drive with yeah. no, your own thoughts. Yeah. So <clears throat> the thing is, I'd, I'd been a mobile engineer in my job for quite a while, so I was used to driving around, but it was, I don't know if it was, I was being knackered, you know, new baby and all that kind of stuff. and Hard working. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, let's do it again. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think she put a lot of it down to that. And to be fair to work, because I was being open with them about it, saying that, you know, this kind of thing is doing my head in and stressing me out. They then put things in place to stop that happening. Like one of the big ones was every Wednesday I had to go to Peterborough. Yeah. And I used to have to leave about six to get there for half past eight, even though we're supposed to start work at eight. But my gaffer at the time was like, yeah, you do that. That's fine. You're leaving at six, you're up at five. You've not had much sleep because you've got a baby. You don't, it takes you a while to get sleep anyway. So Yeah, particularly if you're a bad sleeper as well, you've got that added you know, pressure. I was like a couple of hours of sleep a night and then driving that kind of distance. And it would it do me head in. Basically, yeah. it was that that was doing my that I think that just broke me in the end. And I'm like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. So then obviously speaking to the counsellor, she was heavily on that, thinking it, it was that, um, which I probably led her to think that, to be honest because that's what was at the front of my mind at that time. So because that was getting sorted at work and my mood was picking up through that, it was kind of like, you're doing really well. You know, you'll have your six sessions or whatever, then we'll discharge you. Yeah. Which was fine for a bit. And then 
quite a bit further down the line, a couple of years ago, probably what? I dare say only about four years ago, something like that. Yeah. I lost it again, but big style this time. Right. Again, there were lots of things building up. I'd already had a bit of a, I don't say, I don't know, breakdown's the right word, but I lost my head at work. Me and Stacey, Mrs., if anyone don't know, would had a, a bit of a conversation that didn't go well as such. And I kind of went into like a weird haze of how I was. I was at work at the time. I went to a weird haze and I just thought, I can't do this anymore. I've had enough. Yeah. So I went down into a basement in where I work and I was looking at things thinking, can that take my weight? And then because I'd already had, I've, I've had suicide in my family think stuff like that and then because i've seen the devastation it causes it was like no don't be a knobhead don't be a yeah. knobhead so it was you, like right to a point where that was that was you know in your mind yeah as a, as a, yeah no it was it was there it was fully there yeah so i then came out from where i was got my phone and the first thing i thought which came into my head was millbrook which obviously we know about because it's local to us yeah yeah um, local I thought, psychiatric hospital yeah, I thought, can I just turn up there? Can I just go and turn up there? And I looked on my phone, it said you couldn't without being referred to your, G fit, your GP. Yeah. And at this point, I didn't know anything about Samaritans and texting shout and all that kind of stuff. I didn't have yeah. a clue. So I literally just messaged my gaffer and said, I'm going home. So I literally without, didn't say anything to him. My missus was at work and I just came home. And she came home from work and we, we had a good chat and sorted some, some stuff out. And... That's when I went back to the doctors. Yeah. Basically, again, I spoke to the doctors. And this time I thought, I need to get on antidepressants. I need picking up to get me strong enough to then talk about stuff, to then yeah. open up to people. So don't get me wrong, it weren't a massive dosage. Uh, it put me on sertraline. So I went on that. The first two weeks, were, well, a week and a bit were tough because the side effects were, for me, grinding my teeth yeah and uh, feeling sick all the time so for the first like week or so that was it was tough that because not only you're feeling like shit you're also like having these side effects on top the grinding teeth doing me adding when i was trying to sleep how did it right make you feel um how did it make you feel when you got put on antidepressants because i know a lot of people struggle with that as a you know people that we've spoke to people that have opened up on the group struggle with having to take something to, to make them feel better what was your how did you feel when you first got put on antidepressants i was fine with it because I'd, I'd already put it on in my head that i was doing that i'd already gone i'd made that decision that yeah. i needed it to pick me up so it, it didn't bother me i hid it from people because you're embarrassed you are which is wrong but you are that, at that point i was like feel like fail you feel like you've can't yeah you feel, all those kind of yeah. things that, that, that man or the, yeah, yeah, the generalisms of being a man and and yeah. admitting that you know you've almost well that you can't cope because that's what that's what you're doing right. You're admitting that you can't cope. Which yeah. when you say it like that, I'm I'm admitting I can't cope sounds negative. Yeah, he's got negative connotation, but actually, admitting you can't cope is probably the strongest thing you can ever do. Hundred percent. Because you know it it could have been a very different story if you'd you know if you'd done something you know to to arm yourself or or yeah. more like that because you weren't willing to open up like you like you like you yeah. did um and and i guess you opened up in a way that um allowed you to to get help but then you still 
was inching, he still hid it from everyone else because it still felt a bit, a bit yeah. odd. Yeah, it did. You are, like say, you've got, you have got some, you're embarrassed by it, to be honest. So I was. Yeah. You know, like now, I don't care. I'd tell, I'd literally stand on the street and shout it. I don't care. But at that yeah. point, I was. I was like, I don't really want to be telling people about that. So at that point, I, like I say, I was in such a weird haze. It, it were, it weren't like I didn't have, I didn't really feel anything when it, when it happened. When I were like, I've had enough. I'm yeah. just like, my mum just came home. And she was like, you're just strange. I was just like in like some kind of weird daze. Yeah. But I'm gonna say I got in doctor straight away. Got the the sertraline, and again spoke to my employee assistance program, and got straight on that. Literally, again, dead quick, sorted. I saw a different person this time. And she was absolutely phenomenal. She was outstanding, what she did for me. She she didn't just go with what was making me feel how I did at that time. She was like, we're going back. We're going right back. Let's find out what it is that's caused. I can imagine that being an interesting journey to actually look back from what you've said and... and We'll touch on that if you don't mind, because I think it's yeah. I think it's important. Um, because for for you, obviously, and, and we'll go into it. There was events that almost have built up to a period where yeah. you know you get to that point where you can't cope. Where we had conversations with on that team teams call where a lot of people don't have those those kind of events or they don't have. Uh, I say you know from my perspective, good childhood, no stress, no drama nothing really you know untoward happened in my life but you know last doing the master's degree homeschooling working from home I had a you know you, you use the word breakdown and I'll, I'll use that as well because I was a, you know for a couple of weeks I was an emotional wreck yeah and me admitting that to somebody to somebody like you that's gone through counseling and doctors make you know it does make you feel like a bit of a fraud and I think it was good that we all spoke as a group to say actually and and, and it's important that everybody's problems or challenges are different and mm. you can't define your challenge by somebody else's somebody no, that's gone through a bereavement or a loss you know you can't compare yourself to them but your problem is no less different or no less important than theirs and I think no. that's, that's an important message I think I want to get out to everybody that might be struggling with the mental health is to say that you know your your challenge is valid you are valid yeah, 100%. let's talk about it yeah, yeah I thought you know like I've said I've said it a few times recently I've said it in, in group and that the best analogy I can give is it's like you're in hospital you lay there and your legs been blown off and you roll over you look at the guy next to you and he's had both his legs blown off and you go I can't moan he's had both his legs blown off you still had your leg blown off yeah you know, you're still in exactly a, in a, exactly in a shit way so everyone's got shit and everyone's shit's personal to them, and it don't matter Absolutely. whether it's the most horrendous thing ever to happen to someone, or if it's the tiniest thing, it don't matter. Yeah, de- making you feel like definitely. that, it's, it, it's shit. Got to yeah. get it out. If you feel low for a week a year, that's a week too long. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, talk talk about it, and you might find yourself having that conversation or might, might kind of turn you turn your mood around or you know someone might, might be able to give you some advice or a podcast or something to read that will help you out of a rut that you may have got into and things like that so there's all sorts of things you can do but yeah I, th- I think it's really important to just understand that every everybody's challenge is valid however yeah, big or small you may seem to feel but obviously speaking about about your challenge so you looked you you had counseling initially a few years later 
had another another mental health challenge where you decided to get help and went on antidepressants. Some more counselling through EAP. If you've got EAP in your in your workplace, use it. Hundred percent. That is my advice to you. You know, I I will plug that till the till the cows come home. Yeah. If you need support, there is somebody there for you. And if they can't support you, they'll point you in the right direction of someone that can. So yeah. you know, don't don't think those things are. You know, your work won't know about it. It's it's, it's personal. It's private. You know, you're not going to get told off for, for utilising a service that that your business is paying for. You know, these, yeah. they pay for these services. So, and like you said earlier, it's not just about mental health. It's everything. They, yeah. they deal with like money problems, so many different things that they deal with that they can help yeah. you with. Gambling addiction, yeah, you know, anything like that. You know, you can you can talk to them, and they'll if if they can't help you, they'll point you in the in the right direction, which is good. But yeah, so so you went to counselling, and, and she she uh, she took you back, as you said. Yeah, uh, she dug she dug pretty deep. Like, but how, how difficult was that? It's hard because. There's parts of it that you're talking about that you don't realise and don't click until you've said it out loud. Yeah. Which is so strange to think that you you know you're thinking stuff, but until it actually comes out your mouth, it don't make sense. You don't even think it sounds that bad. Yeah. But the thing that I find comforting is you don't know them. You know they're completely like it's a complete stranger that you sat talking to. Yeah. That just want to listen and help you and get everything out of you. You know some people will struggle with it. You know, it, it can it, it gets deep and it's hard and you cry and you laugh at yourself and you sit there with your hands in your head. Your head in your hands even, not all the way around. And you're thinking to yourself, why why haven't I thought this before? Why did I let that happen? Yeah. So it's tough, but in my opinion, it was helpful for me massively. She was brilliant. Yeah. And I say everyone will be different and you know, it mm. may help somebody, it may not, but this is about this is about your journey and, and other people will have different ways yeah. of getting help and different help that, that will support them better. But for you, counseling appeared to, as you discussed, yeah. have a have a positive impact. As negatively as negative as it may have been to discuss the challenges you had, you know, growing up and you know, through being a young adult and and you know, into t- today, you know, it's obviously it's put you in a position to set this group up, to open up, to be supportive of others. To want yeah. to support others, which I think is really, you know, to want to give back, which is really great. And and I think you're almost a perfect person to do it because actually you can almost, without without kind of um, looking at someone else's situation, you know, you've, you've been in a position where you were low, yeah, the lowest, do you know what I mean? So you're not going to judge. You're not going to judge no. someone that's there, that's been there, which I think is important for... Uh, a lot of blokes, and I think a lot of blokes think you'll get that because in in your macho groups you'll get that you'll be down the booze and you're having a few jars and you're yeah. in and all that kind of stuff. You're not going to go in there and say, "Listen, lads, I feel like fucking shit. No. You know, I, I feel rubbish, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go and get some help, or you know, can I have a chat to somebody? You, you just yeah. don't do it. No, and I think that's, that's where we can stupid when you think about a woman would do that. A woman yeah. would go out with their mates, sit there and say fucking hell this has happened blah 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 i feel like this blah 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 and they just say it without any well, problem. I thought 20 years ago that me and you'd be sat here in 2023 <laughs> mental health yeah you know, no, pair uh... <laughs> eight cans of fosters <laughs> on the cricket pitch a local right, park you know, yeah kicking football at each other great goads and all that kind of yeah. jazz yeah. Uh, no, look. 
For anyone who don't know what Great Goads is, by the way, it's a game we used to play on, on the kids' football pitch in South Mornington where two people would be in the uh, <clears throat> in the arena with a football and whack a ball at the goal and it was whoever scored the greatest of goad. It generally wasn't me. But no, it weren't me very often yeah, either. I gave it a good go. But, um, yeah. But yeah. From the from an, an outsider looking in, you had a good um, a good childhood, you know, for me knowing you as yeah. a kid. You know, you had what I probably would have wanted, you know, you know, free ass, booze, loads of mates. Yeah. But actually, what you don't see is the potential damage that that doesn't go as deep or as or as light as you want. But, you know, just talk about kind of that that trigger point, I guess, because it is a trigger point because you would have gone through that yeah. in your counselling. So do you want to just give us yeah. a bit about that and, and kind of how that felt at the time? Because I'm guessing as a kid it would have been great, but growing up you realise yeah. it's not quite right. To be fair, my mum and dad split up when we were quite young. I think we were at junior school and I've got a brother who's a couple of years older than me. Yeah. Um, so they split up when we were quite young. Not long after that, my mum met somebody else who was totally different to my dad, complete, a completely different guy to my dad. Anyway, when I'd probably say from quite young teenagers, they'd happily leave us to take on holiday, as in abroad holidays, yeah, and leave me and my brother in the arse as, as young. Like, I remember I'd probably been like 12, 13, probably a bit younger when yeah. I started doing it. And obviously at that age, and like my brother's obviously a couple of years older than me, so he's Back a bit on. further developed, yeah. <laughs> You love it. You think, wow, yeah. this is amazing. We've got a free ass. We can do what we want. You know, you're getting beer in. Remember, as, you know, we used to sit with massive cigars on because, like, <laughs> Lockstock were, like, the film, yeah. <laughs> Lockstock were filming. We were playing, like, well, I think it might be three-card brag and all that kind of crap. And we have whiskey. You know, we're only young. Madness. But we were, yeah, we were left to it. And it were like, don't get me wrong, we were left money like to cope and all that kind of stuff and if yeah. anything ever happened we could have gone around to my dad's because my dad at that point lived 10 minutes away yeah and my dad by the way was completely oblivious to how what happened to me yeah. and my brother so yeah they'd leave us for for quite a bit really we got left alone a lot and we had no end of parties at my house ridiculous some of them were brilliant don't get me wrong you think at the I, time i remember this is fancy <laughs> yeah this is do you i don't know this is <laughs> This is fantastic. I've got all my mates here. This is dead good. But, you know, just linking that on itself back to the counselling session, it wasn't until I was sat there saying that, that I was like, hold on a minute. We didn't do that anywhere else. You know, like the odd time we'd go someone else's or whatever. But it was mainly at my mum's house or Janet's, as we called it. We're going to Janet's. We're in Janet's, yeah. Yeah. And then my brother moved out when he was young, went and lived with my dad and come back. But that's a completely different story. We're not going to that. But my mum had a, a caravan, lived on a, well, I'd say literally lived on a caravan site um, down Sherwood Forest. So only what, half an hour or something like that away from our ass. And literally they'd be there near a full year. So I'd be going to school. I'd sometimes get home and they'd be there or she'd be, my mum would be there and there'd be a bit of food on or whatever. But a lot of time I was coming home to nothing. And that... That got uh, probably got worse as I got older because, like, you know, when you're getting 16, 17, 18, you're trusted on your own a lot more. Yeah. So they were literally, they'd be gone for like 10 months a year and I'd be coming home to a completely empty house with no one to talk to. That was another thing that the the counsellor said about me not speaking was because I was so used to coming home to an empty house and not having anyone to speak to, not even a, 
how's your day been? You know, what you've been yeah. up to, how's your day, has it been good, has it been shit, all that kind of stuff. It's got to be tough, man. Well, at the time, I didn't think about it like that time. You think, oh, I've got empty house, I can do what I want. You know, yeah. PlayStation, PlayStation. Yeah, on big telly, brilliant, dead good. Don't have to be upstairs, on sofa, well, this is brilliant. But, like, skipping back a little bit, the problem was when they were at home was they were big drinkers, and I'm talking every night. And most nights, they were in bed by nine o'clock, smashed, absolutely smashed. Yeah. Um, and worse, the worst day was Sunday because they'd get up and they'd be drinking near enough straight away on a Sunday. Start yeah. with doing dinner, they'd be drinking. So Sunday nights were awful because you can guarantee near enough every Sunday something was going to kick off. And when I say kick off, it were they'd be verbally abusing each other, hitting each other, literally beating the shit out of each other and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So when you're hearing that kind of stuff and you're hearing it happen, it's tough. But at the same time, I didn't tell anybody about that. Everyone knew that my mum had a drink and my stepdad had a drink. You know, everyone knew it. Because I, I remember we'd gone, we'd gone down Nottingham, um, a few lads, just didn't they? We're only young, weren't that old, young teenagers at school. And I rang my mum at two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon and asked if she could pick us up from Kirkby train station and she couldn't because she'd had a drink. Yeah. So you can't really hide that kind of stuff. So everyone knew that, that they drank. So it weren't it weren't a shock. But yeah. nobody knew about the, the domestic abuse that they used to smash the shit out of each other. And I'd be hearing it and knowing it's all kicking off. I even remember one time, I was probably only about 14. And to be fair, it's still it's still one of the things that kind of embarrasses me. I remember hearing them fighting and hearing my mum scream. So I ran in the bedroom and basically got told if I didn't get out, I was going to get the same. So you're there thinking, shit, what do I do here? So obviously I bailed. You know me, I've never been a big lad. I've never really been one. I'm not really a fighter or any of that kind of crap. So I bailed with my tail between my legs. And that's yeah. something that, you know, it's kind of always embarrassed me because you think, well, you should stick up for your mum. But at the same time, she was giving as good as she got. And at the yeah. same time, I, I didn't want to get a good idea. And 100% honest, never, ever did they lay a finger on me. Never, ever. Yeah. So I was never physically abused. I was shattered out and swore out and all that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, just, yeah. Standard you know, kid get, stuff. Yeah, so yeah, pretty much, yeah. They would literally, they'd just beat the shit out of each other. So then, obviously I'm hearing that. And then the next day, they forgot. They've they've got up and fuck knows how they how they coach every day and how they function every day to go to work. Yeah. But literally, they just get on with it, and like nothing had ever happened. And I'd be thinking, you were beating shit out of each other last night. Mum were always covered in bruises, always fucking yeah. arms, everything. Because like, I think that could it's have toxic, been from, just a toxic environment, isn't it? It's yeah, but I think that could have been from him grabbing her, trying to yeah. stop her from hitting him so yeah it was it was pretty shit to to be honest so that's where a lot of my shit comes you'd never talk about that as a 14 year old lad in that kind of environment it's not something you talk about and probably because you've used a a term embarrassed um, and I guess you know that's probably the easiest way to describe it you know you don't want to say it because it's embarrassing yeah you know my mum and stepdad have a scrap and you know you know I can do about it no, there weren't really a lot I could do about it. And you're going to school, obviously, 
knowing that all this has kicked off, but you're keeping it to yourself. You're not yeah. talking to anyone about it. I bet you get lost in the school, in the being a kid, right? Because yeah, of course you do. We mates all day, and I mean, school for me, crack. You know, as, yeah. as dangerous as school can be from a, you know, in school, you, all your vulnerabilities get challenged, right? But I think you had a solid group of mates, and mm. you know, I think that probably, you know, probably helped mask what yeah, was going on. Take us away from it all because oh my mates are brilliant. I love school. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I didn't want to leave at the time. I was like, I don't want to go. Everyone was like, yeah, I want to leave. I was like, no, I want to stay. Where else do you get to sit dicking about with your mates all day? And all you got to do is listen to some knob at front of class. I'm trying to say that to my kids now. Like, listen, like, listen you'll, you'll love school. You, you'll think you hate it deep down. Leave and realise, you know, you've got a mortgage to pay and yeah. Bills, you have to go and do proper work you know become you, you, you realize then don't you that that it's a good that it is a good thing yeah um, so i guess so you've had this counting then you've, you've gone back you, you've realized that you probably didn't have what you'd class a normal upbringing as per yeah. your mates in your circle you know that had that went home to parents or what have you yeah so you've discussed that with your counselor and did it ever kind of do you ever have like a bit of a light bulb moment? Where it was like, shit, this is, this is well, ultimate. It might not be, it might not be the, the, the pure catalyst, but it's almost a building block for where how I feel now. Yeah, well, the thing is, is there's a lot of extra things that happen later on, all around drink, all around my mum and my stepdad. You know, my brother got married in Cyprus, 2000, and I can't remember whatever year England didn't make Euros. It was that year. Eight, I think. Four, was it? Something like that. I can't remember. But anyway, in fact, you're yeah, right in Portugal. Yeah, we were sat there, and my stepdad were opening up to stays, saying she hits me, she does this, she does that. Well, we ended up getting involved in all kinds of stuff that day and that night that my brother didn't know about because we shared him. We shared, We kept it away from them because obviously it's the Shame wedding day. <laughs> yeah, and you know, ended up again a conversation that I'd had with my mum many, many times. I've heard sat there saying, I've had enough, I need to stop drinking, I need to get away from this, I need to leave him and all that kind of stuff. It's a conversation that I have with my mum loads of times. And again, yeah. next morning, forgot. Completely forgot. You know, even that day, you're like, shit, you know, my brother's wedding and that's happened. And the thing is, we left that day. That after, well, we left the next day and my mum stayed there. So we've come back from Greece, or Cyprus, wherever it was, sorry. And then the next day, thinking, my mum's still there, what's happening? That, that was pretty, pretty shit. But again, it was another example of she's just they just forget, but you don't. As the one that's not absolutely cabbaged, you yeah. don't forget. But more recently, within the last few years, skipping loads here, by the way, of what's happened with my mum and the shit that my mum's been through. Because don't get me wrong, she's been through some yeah. real shit. Well, I think it's um, I think it's important to know that you know there's there's been a there's almost been a for you. In particular, it's been a chain of various events throughout your life that have not yeah. been what you would class as as right or normal. Yeah, in terms yeah, of but that's been through. Sit here all day telling you about a lot of shit that I've been through, and I'll tell you some of it because I'll probably forget all of it. But <laughs> when I when I was nineteen, I was with someone who really shouldn't have been with. Uh, we kind of got together, both of us, probably a bit of a rebound relationship. Both of us have come out of long-term relationships and gone pretty much straight into this one. I think we're probably both trying yeah. to replace what we'd lost. She got pregnant. I was, what, 19? I think she was the same age as me. So we'd have both been 19 when she got pregnant. 
and she decided that she wanted to get rid of it and bought it. I didn't get any say in it. She just decided that she wanted to get rid of it, which there's not a lot I could do about that if that's her decision. And don't get me wrong, looking back, it would ruined my life at 19 having a kid. It really, it really would. So she kind of did me a favour with it. But at that point, I didn't tell anybody. There was a very, very small number of people that knew and mainly were her family. And her family blamed me for it, being the lad. I should have been more careful. I should have covered up and all that, which, yeah, I agree. But she was on the pill and she forgot to take it. Yeah. But and, it was, you know, it, always, there's, always, there's always two sides of the story. And, you know, you can't just make somebody pregnant by yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, one no. it's one of those things. Yeah. The thing is that always has always played on my mind with that is she'd gone on holiday just before. So she'd come back not long after she she told me that she was pregnant. You know, I could be putting two and two together and getting five here, which is quite easy. It could be innocent. It could be, I could be completely wrong. But I always got it in my head that there's a chance that baby weren't mine. And that was another reason why she wanted to get rid of it. Yeah. So roll on seven years later when me and Stacey are trying for a baby. And after 18 months, she still not got pregnant and we're having tests and all that kind of stuff. And they come back, I got dodgy shaped sperm and all this kind of weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> is, that you, is that you that would describe it as dodgy shaped sperm <laughs> well that kind of thing about somebody having an abortion when you had a chance to have a child that yeah. may or may have not been yours that plays in your head because you're thinking there's a chance yeah, I might I'm not, not be that. That. <laughs> dodgy shaped sperm well they were swimming in circles basically they were swimming in circles chasing like a dog chasing the tail so um, blind basically blind dog couldn't could find the egg <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that kind of stuff. It plays on your mind when you're trying for a baby. You can't have one or you think you can't have one, yet you could have had one. Yeah. So that was another thing. But again, going back to when she got pregnant, I didn't tell no one. Nobody knew about that for years and years and years. It weren't until I were on a stag do and we sat around a table and someone said, what's the most awkward position you've ever been in? And I said, being sat in Chesterfield Hospital with, with my missus's mum, in the calf while she's having a go at me about getting a daughter pregnant while daughter's having an abortion. Yeah, shit. And nobody knew, and they're all like, what? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that happened to me. And again, but that was years later. That were like so many years. I weren't even with her then. Yeah. Even that many years later. So, again, bottling stuff up, not not talking about it at the time. So that's it's one incident. Common, uh, common denominator in your... Uh... Yeah. In, in your yeah. life, it probably will yeah. be a lot of other people's as well. Yeah, that's the problem with us men, isn't it? And that's what we're trying to trying to move on from. Um, I didn't feel comfortable talking to Kaylee sometimes. Somebody asked me, uh, a woman actually asked me the other day, why don't men speak to them? Why don't men speak to the partners? And I couldn't answer. No. I, I couldn't give her an answer. And I was like, we'll Embarrassment, shame, shame, weakness, feeling like a failure. Yeah, um, All those things that we spoke about earlier that, that probably lead to that. Yeah, I think it's tough because at the same time, it depends what it's about, I suppose. If you're yeah. talking about general stuff, then it's quite easy to. But if you, you've you got a problem and they're causing the problem, it's all right saying talk to me, but saying to someone, it's you, it's not easy and you're not going to get a good reaction out of it. So as blokes, we'll recoil and go, I'm just not going to say it. It's just yeah. easier. But all the way around. Right, you're right. You're dead, all the you're dead way right. around. 
they'd be on it. The women would be telling us, they'd be like, you're yeah. a dick, you've done this, you're not bad. Whereas we yeah. just go, oh, I can't be arsed. We'll leave it. Yeah. And then it builds up and builds up. So that's one thing that happened. I'm trying not to make it like a list because it, it might sound a bit boring, but um, we had, also I, met, I referenced it earlier, we had a suicide in our family. My stepsister, yeah. um, her husband, so my brother-in-law, he committed suicide. I remember. I remember. I'd been about, what, I'm going to say five years ago. Coming up, I think it was think so, six yeah. years. I think because it was yeah. just after Freya's second birthday. So I think we're talking nearly six years. And he threw himself on a train. And he was a train driver. So he, he'd not, as far as we know, not shown any signs of doing it. And my brother had seen him that morning and was joking with him on the school run. And then that afternoon, by four o'clock, he was dead. He'd, yeah. he'd gone and got some keys from work, opened a gate that obviously only people with these keys could have access to, drank himself silly next to the track, waited for a train and stood in front of it. That, that's, yeah, that, that is, you know, that, that's, that's shit for you and that's shit for your family. But, uh, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm making him a statistic, but three times more likely to commit suicide yeah. as a man in a challenging yeah. time because your brother went to the school room with him, didn't know a thing. I'm guessing nobody knew anything. And the next thing you know, no. they'd be gone. Yeah. And a lot of people, when, when they talk about suicide, and, and, and I've probably been guilty of it in the past, you think, oh, God, what a stupid thing to do. What a, yeah. what a coward's way out, you know, people say. But actually, yeah. to get to a position in your life where that is your only answer, because when you speak about it, to, you know, when you look at some of the stuff online and, and some of the, the, the stuff that, that psychologists say, when someone commits suicide, they're doing it because they genuinely feel that the world's going to be better off without them. Yeah. They generally feel they can't give anything to to the world, and and and, and that's and that's their choice. And to go through with it, you made your mind up, and it's it's sad because we you know we're losing you know four you know, four thousand men a year to this. Four thousand yeah. men are doing that kind of thing. You've got to hope that you know you can stop some of it by this. And, and not not just this group, you know what I mean? By talking yeah, about this, it, by, yeah. get, by getting out, by going to the doctor. You know, if 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 your brother in if your if your stepbrother in law would have opened up, maybe it could have been a different outcome. Obviously, it's easy yeah. to say that now because we're talking yeah, about it retrospective. But, but you know, you, you've, you've, you've been there. I've seen I've seen what it does to families, and I've seen closely what it does, and it still does even now. My, yeah. my stepsister's never going to; she'll never fully heal from that. Don't get me wrong; yeah. she's married to a great guy he's absolutely fantastic they've had a, they've got a kid together so you know she has moved on as such which is you know what you want you want her to get on with her life you don't want her to sit yeah. you know as such moping around yeah it's, it's an interesting say. choice where like so she has she has moved on but she'll never be able, you know it's never something you'll get over it because that was no that was not a chance but yeah um, no then, chance i mean i, I see them, them on the school run i have conversations with them you know she was one of the people that I spoke to about the electricity bills because we were whinging about how bloody stupidly high the, the electricity <laughs> bills were going to. So, so yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, it's, mm. it's so, so sad that people get to that point. Yeah. Well, I've sort of got somebody to talk to. Yeah. There's a bloke I follow on Twitter and I watched one of the videos that he did the other day and he said, it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Because once you've done it, yeah. There's no coming back, and you could have done something about yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, and it, and it's, think... it really it's hard, and it's so sad. 
And that is exactly what we're trying to do. To avoid, yeah. we just want to avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we'll, a lot of these, a lot of these problems are temporary. People get better. Yeah. Yeah. Some people struggle this kind of thing for the whole life, but there is going to be times where you will feel better. There's going to be situations that will support you in 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 getting your mind in a position where you can be happy, you can get on with your life. Yeah. Um, and, and probably, obviously, we've spent a lot of time talking about kind of your journey, which 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 again, I feel is really important because us two talking here, like I said to you, I didn't know half of this, and and I would yeah. consider myself, you know, as much as we don't see each other, regret doing that. You know, we are. We're friends, friends, we're friends from the time, long time, yeah. Hung around in the same circles, and 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 you know, now looking back, you probably needed someone to open up to. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and, 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 it, and it. it may have stopped you a little bit, a little bit of heartache. You obviously you can't say again with retrospective looking at it, but you know, you got to think that um, you know now we, you know, we're in a, we're in his thirties. You know, there's there's people in that group that are you know teens to teens to to. to 56 i don't know i don't know the demographic but it's there's, there's a there's a mix there's a mix it's safe to say yeah. and all i want to say to everybody in that group and anyone that chooses to listen to our dulcet tones on his on his first foray <laughs> trying to do a trying to do a podcast with his uh with his, with his newfangled podcast mics and what have you that yeah. you know there is there is support and sometimes you, you might not need to get professional support sometimes you might just need somebody to listen to your shit and tell you that actually it's not shit. It's it's legitimate. It's valid. Your problem is is as as bad as anybody else's, because it's you. Yeah. And nobody can judge how you're feeling or how something's making you feel because it's happening to you, not not other people. Yeah. So don't sit don't sit around at home, wallowing in your own challenges, thinking I can't talk to anybody in that group because I've seen and I have I've read some of the stories and this and some people have had some horrendous things happen to them. Yeah, definitely. Self included. Yeah. yeah. But you know, somebody like me, for instance, that doesn't really suffer with mental health and in the sense of, you know, I've not had that many challenges, but I've had a few and and they were valid. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah, until so. now, until I said that out loud in that group that actually that that really kind of resonated with me in a sense of actually that you know, when I'm sat home for a week crying over every little thing and telling Kayla I'm useless and I'm a loser because I'm crying or whatever, I wasn't a loser. I was having a a, a challenge, you know I mean? yeah. And I needed, and and you know, even people you reaching out to me then, you know, could yeah. see that like, I was struggling. Have a chat with me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right, then I'll I'll have a chat with yeah. you. Fuck yeah. that, rather not. But but now I think of that. For me, getting involved in this group, what one was to support you? That was the first thing I did it for, because you know I've seen your journey on Twitter and with yeah. a couple of other groups that you've been involved in. So I've seen that, and and my goal really when I first joined it was to listen, learn, and and just support anyone that needed it. What it actually gave me was actually an outlet to offer guidance to put things out there. You know, you, you know, another thing you've done is started a WhatsApp group, and again we're we're going slightly off on a tangent, but you know this is the first one we'll do what we want. So yeah. it's our podcast, we can call it an actual podcast because we're recording it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, you've, created a, you've created a WhatsApp group and there's there's probably 30 blokes in there now all piping yeah. up crap. You know, there's, there's lager, shandy drinking southerners, you know, there's, uh, there's tough northerners and there's us in the middle, all in there. Yeah, you know, I, I put a video in there from a, from a film called The Longest Yard and it's a video that's, um, I first learned about actually, can you remember when, um, can you remember when Middlesbrough won the uh, FA Cup? Yeah, yeah. That that was probably two thousand and four, maybe somewhere. I can't remember. I'll have to 
fact check me on that or something. But when Middlesbrough um, played in that FA Cup, the manager at the time played them that video. Right. And, um, for anyone that wants to see it, it's the speech from Longish Yard from Al Pacino. What a cracking, you know, and there's, a, there's a, something written that says the manager, the, the players listened to that and the manager knew at that point when they left the, the dressing room that they weren't going to lose, which is easy to say when you win it, but, you know, it would have been a different yeah. sort of loss. But there's a line in that quote, and it, it, it essentially says that we either heal together or we die as individuals. Mm. And I think that is, for me, the epitome of what this group's about. Yeah. You know, don't, and, and, you know, don't be alone. Don't allow yourself to suffer in silence because there's 20, 30, 100 of the blokes that are only an inbox away. Yeah. And if they can't help you, they'll point you in, they'll point you in a direction. They'll tell you you might need to go and see a doctor, which might validate what you're feeling and, and allow you to take that next step. Yeah. Um, we've said Even it if it's a time, case of where you're EAP, just... EAP, yeah, mate, get, get on it get on it and, and and allow yourself to utilize something that's being paid for by your employer who is there to look after your well-being as well yeah so some really interesting topics and, and i think from your perspective you know there's been a lot happened to you so you're almost from an outsider for me looking at what my understanding of, of mental health your kind of journey is is what i'd expect mm. um, but everyone's different right everyone's got a different yeah. a different journey and, and don't again make your issues your challenges your mental health struggles your worries your concerns any less legitimate by thinking that you know someone's had some horrific life experiences that's caused them to feel like this because you're as legitimate as everyone else yeah. um, and, and i'm going to keep saying that and i'll probably say that on every single one because that's the message that i want to give is just allow yourself to accept that your challenge is valid so looking on to kind of a bit more kind of a bit more the positive side of it really so now you've so you've gone through all this you've gone you, you've had some really significant events you've got to a point where you've had some negative thoughts yourself yeah you know you've thought something you know you may you may want to arm yourself and, and and what a terrible place to be in as we've just discussed so you've gone counseling you've delved back deep and now you've got an understanding really of where, where you're at and and you've accepted that you've got a mental health challenge and and you want to make sure you give yourself the best shot at, at yeah. not taking over your life so what coping mechanisms do, do you have to to make sure that your mood stays level or if you're in a bit of a, a trough you know how do you get yourself out of it one thing for me massively and i've banged on about it in group and on on the facebook page is for me exercise exercise is a big thing for me it, it gets your heart rate up it gets some endorphins knocking about uh, if I had exercise for a couple of days, I can feel it. I can feel myself starting to get a little bit pumped up and I need a release. Yeah. So exercise for one is massive for me. Um, I try and eat right because I think that makes you feel better. I think, you know, if you can look after yourself by eating right and drinking right, you know, I'll, I'll have a bit of a drink on a on a Saturday, maybe on a Friday as a bit of a treat because I think you do need it. I went a little bit too long without having anything like that. Yeah. And I think you do need it and you, you need to let your hair down a bit sometimes. I, I like it. I like it. I, I, you know, and yeah. there'll be people in this group with, with drinking problems, but that's, that's one thing that I feel alleviates my, you know, if I've had a bad week and, and, and I've got something planned to go out and have a drink, it really, really does help me. Point out, everyone, yeah. but it does me. Yeah. And the other thing is, which I keep banging on about is talking. I'm in a WhatsApp, in a different WhatsApp group, 
with with another another group as such. And I know that if I if I'm struggling, I can bang it in that group, and immediately I'll get support and I'll get messages and I'll get voice recordings from people giving me the right advice to help me with what I need. Just getting it out there. You know, if you're having a bit of a shitter, don't hold it in. You 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 can't hold stuff in. So the the two main ones for me, exercise and talking. Yeah. If I can keep on top of them, then generally I'm all right. I'll have a wobble. I'm never, you know, I'm never always up. I have ups and downs and I'll be grumpy as shit and all that kind of stuff. But I know what I need to do to try and control it as much as I can. Yeah. Um, I was on sertraline for probably about four years um, in September I felt like I was in a good enough place to to come off it. I would, honestly, I'd told myself I'd be on it forever. And yeah. I didn't have a problem with that. I thought, if I just keep taking this little tablet and it keeps my head in a good place, I'm happy. You know, I can cope with that. So, but September, I made the conscious decision I'm going to try and get off these. So I, I, I weaned myself off them slowly. And it probably wasn't until December where I had my first wobble, where I started to feel a bit, a bit shitty but dark nights and all that kind of stuff it changes a lot big of people struggle people. with that big massive massive especially like with exercise and that because it's it's shit going out when it's like this and when it's dark and horrible so you've been really horrendous yeah it was minging mate to be honest it weren't much fun but it's done <laughs> um <laughs> so again i put it in that group that i was feeling a bit a bit shit and somebody somebody recommended me a, a like a, a herbal tablet to take as a bit of a not an antidepressant it's the wrong word but as a, just a herbal tablet to pick you up a little bit so i've been yeah. taking that um what, what are they for i'm asking oh st john's walls yeah. yeah so i'll take them they're all right i've just started taking magnesium as well which someone's been banging on at me for ages and i just i just didn't get them i started taking yeah. them and i also i um take C, uh, cbd oil that helps me sleep so that's sort of misleading yeah. right out of that. That's brilliant. So as long as I'm doing that kind of stuff, I can generally keep on top. But I'm going to say in December, I thought I need to go back on my tablets. And this guy says, well, before you do that, try this St. John Waltz thing. Try that and see how you get on. So and since then, I've had a few up and downs on that, but I've not felt like I need to go back on them, which is yeah. massive, really. I think um, listening to you speak and, and kind of just taking a few notes as, as I do, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, it's about finding what's right for you. Yeah, definitely. And and, and, and what, what helps you won't necessarily help me, won't necessarily help anybody else. However, what what you can do is get advice and support of things you can try, you know, yeah. things you can do to support yourself. Just the exercise thing, just getting out for a walk, you know. And I know that while well, I've been doing this course, I've, you know, sometimes I've been sat on my laptop for, you know, 15 hours, 16 hours yeah. a day. I don't leave the house apart from to pick Sarah from school. And, and you know, Kay will say to me, you know, you're not, you've not been anywhere, you've not done anything. You know, I've got yeah. no steps on the watch, and you know, sometimes it's just good, good to go and uh, tread some pavement, even if it's just around the block, and you know, just to breathe. Yeah. Even if it's just on your break, you know, rather because the problem is what people do working in the office and like self working from home. You'll beat your laptop all day. You'll go and get a sandwich or whatever. You'll come back. You'll sit your laptop. Yeah. You'll either carry on working or today. you'll be. Or you'll be sat on internet going, oh, I'm switching off from work. I'm sat on internet, but you're still looking at the screen. You know, yeah. if you're getting a sandwich or something, take it here. Go for a walk and just take it with you. Yeah. 15 minutes. You're right. you're right. That's advice I need to take. That's, mm. 
I'm, I'm, tomorrow I'm in the office for the first time in a while. We're, we're allowed back yeah. in. And I'm really, really looking forward to, you know, I started a new job four weeks ago. You know, I've done it all virtually. So I, I went out, we had a team day out on Friday. It was really good. You know, we went to a, we had some food, some really nice food in Birmingham. And then we went to a, a virtual reality escape room. Right, yeah. Um, and you know the difference, you know, and, and again, like I said, I, I, don't, I don't generally struggle with terrible mood. I, I can be snappy, I can be moody like anybody can. But what I felt driving home from Birmingham was this sense of like, I've done something. Yeah, I've been with adults, yeah. and and, and I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I've been, I'm speaking to people daily, but I'm doing it, you know, conversations that you'd have in passing in an office for me. I'm having yeah. now over a virtual call, so tomorrow I can have those conversations, you know, yeah. in in real life. And I'm really looking forward to that. You know, just stood um, at someone's just, desk talking just crap about your kids and that. Just kind waffle, of stuff. You, yeah. Banter. You don't you know, just do that it kind of stuff. when you sat talking to somebody on Zoom or whatever. And we've got used to that. We've, you know. Covid's taught us to be used to, you know, not having, you know, physical interactions with people. So, but yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to to getting back to the office, you know, once every couple of weeks just to have that. Yeah. I do like working from home. I work well from home because I, I can get good. stuff done without, without yeah. distraction. But you know, starting a new job, something that I wasn't an expert in. I like I like to be the things that get me. I like to be the expert. I like to be the best. I like to know what I'm doing. And and to be in an environment where I don't is it bothers me. It, it puts me in a bit of a pickle, and I feel like I have to work stupid hours to get the get shit done. But yeah. um, I feel I feel, and I'm doing some decent hours now. But the job needs doing, and I'm that kind of person. But what I'm not going to do is kill myself. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to yeah. beat myself. Yeah. But, but yeah, so yeah, de- definitely people need to figure out what works for them. We're not we're not qualified. I've done a I've done a mental health course at work, so I've got a indication. I know that it's something that you're doing presently. Yeah. So just want to give us a a bit about what you're doing and, and what made you what made you do it it was this group my knowledge of general mental health is is quite low as such because it's yeah i know about mine like when we were talking in that zoom call we're talking about anxiety and you know the first couple of weeks in this group just listening to people talk about anxiety which is not something that i personally suffer with yeah. it's 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 blown my mind how bad that can be how, how debilitating for that person it can be so I thought I need to get a broader knowledge on more mental health issues yeah. and illnesses. Is that because you want to just help? You want to be able to support people? Yeah, I want on a, a different level. Yeah, I want to. Well, I just want to help people. I want to have a bit of knowledge so I can say, right, well, I know a little bit about this, and this is what I know. But again, I'm not going to be going to do any kind of degree or anything, so I can say, right, I can, I can be your therapist and tell you what to do. It's just to give me you're a bit of knowledge. Enough so. therapist, mate, sorry. No, that's true. No, no, I don't think I could ever <laughs> I get a degree that. in anything. Um, <laughs> so it's just, it is literally just to get more of a knowledge to help people a little bit more. Yeah. And, and that, that's is it. Is that a college yeah. course, is it? Yeah, it's a college course. It's, I'm actually doing it with Derby College, or actually where that's where I work as well. So it's all online. So I don't have to sit in a classroom, which I'm quite glad about. Yeah, and it's all online learning. Um, I've got a workbook to work through, and I've I've got questions to do and that kind of stuff. And it, it might be similar to one I did. Um, I think it is. I think there's quite yeah. I think there's quite a few people. Lots of about bipolar and schizophrenia and these yeah. things you have to do. Then you have to take a, an exam at the end as well, yeah. like a bit of an, bit of an exam. But so a couple of things on that then. So if anyone else wanted to do it, how would they uh, how would they go about getting on something like that? Well, I just find it on Facebook, Bags and. It was. It just come up this 
you know how you get your sponsored pages on Facebook, that kind of stuff. It just come yeah. up saying free courses in England. It's a mental health level two. And I was like, oh, I'll have a look at this. So I'd look at some comments and that. Yeah, I was like, I've got nothing to lose here. You know, the comments weren't saying avoid this. It's a scam. It was like, well, let's see what happens. So I literally just sent an email, a message off to him or sent or filled me details and whatever. Some woman rang me up the day after and said, this is the course. It's at Derby College. I was like, well, that's brilliant. And then Derby College contacted me and went through everything about what it was going to be. So it was literally, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but you may even be able to go directly to Derby College yeah. um, to do it or any other college. It's worth, worth a Google, right? Yeah. So and have you had to uh, pay for it? No, all free. It's all funded. As long as I get it done in the time frame that they've agreed. Sounds very got, similar to mine. Yeah, I'm through the skills network. That's yeah, sim- a similar kind of thing. Um, as yeah. long as I do it within the time frame, the, it's free. I think if I don't, yeah. then there's an admin charge about 200 quid, yeah. something like that. I guess if anyone does want to have a discussion about it, obviously your inbox, your WhatsApp's open to, yeah. to anyone that wishes to have, yeah. a, have a confo about it, which again, you know, this group isn't just about sharing your worries, sharing your challenges. This is, you know, a group of blokes that, you know, could end up supporting each other through good times bad times yeah. supports anything you need to know so don't think that you know you don't have to lay it into one's tim uh, someone's tim box <laughs> tim's box you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to lay it into one's inbox with, you've um, wanted to be in there for years mate i know in my box twice that's the thing <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i think uh, yeah you know it's, it's, it, it doesn't have to be a period where you feel particularly low if you want some advice or know like tim is doing that course and you want you want to do it you know, ask the question ask yeah. the question you might not be able to give you the answer but it can point me in a direction where he where he looked and got signed up and there is a lot of funding at the minute through you know through apprenticeships through stuff like that there's there's money out there from for businesses to do um you know i did a i didn't my master degree as an apprenticeship so i did that funded through work yeah um, so there's things there's things like that that, that that you can do which is really good so i think we're probably we've probably waffled on for long enough now um, probably mate yeah so shall we um i've just got some, i've got a couple more bits that i actually so i actually did some preparation for this so i've not just come in completely blind i spent an hour i'm glad earlier. you did yeah i'm glad I you spent did an hour earlier writing some stuff down uh because I, just because i don't want to fuck it up but yeah <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to have some content to, to be able to share and obviously we are going to do one of these every couple of weeks for the you know to see how it goes and we are yep. going to get other blokes on from the group and we are going to try and get some, you know, potential professionals on here, some people that work in the wellbeing space as well to have conversations. We don't quite know where it's going to go, but this is, you know, this is a, a this is mine and, and Tim's brainchild. And we, you know, we, we just want it to be able to, to help somebody. And yeah. if it helps, I think to be honest, the, the whole group, it's a bit, I don't really know where it's going to go. It's kind of yeah. settled. We might have just just like YouTube. We might have been YouTubers, mate. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, Thirty-five. Like the... Is that too? Is that too much? Next, Jake Paul and all that. <laughs> Could have Jake Paul and Tom Bay and Benny. Yeah. <laughs> um, for anyone that don't know, Tom Bay's is uh, Tom Bay's nickname from way back well, when. Way back when, yeah. So I've got I've just got a few more bits there, and then we'll 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 all wrap up and and, and yeah. we'll, we'll call it a night. So, how do you feel the group's going so far? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, didn't expect it to go anything. Yeah, I'm so happy with it. And like every time it a little bit grows, I'm like, what's that group today? 
you know it was a, just a thing of right last night just get a message out think about doing a whatsapp i've had loads of interest in it like i say we've got 30 odd blokes in it and it's been mint today's been dead good i don't know where it's going to go but i'm absolutely buzzing with it i think the group itself has grown amazing and i didn't expect it to open like it did as in the lads talking how they did you know i, I originally my kind of idea was people to go i've had a shit day today you know this has happened or a feeling a little bit low i could do with chalk talking or something like that but then people started putting like you know, say their journey and what they've been through on and it was like wow this is opening up a lot more than i expected it yeah and some of it's an uncomfortable read by the way some of it's uncomfortable to uncomfortable to read yeah as a, but it's amazing it, you know, that someone like the lads straight away were like right i'm i'm gonna say what i need to say and even if yeah. it's you know, you only ever say it sat at a computer or your phone. Don't matter. Yeah, get it out. Just, tr- just, just. Tr- you know, we, we've not had. You know, it, it's relatively new. People have opened up. There's been no instance that we know of yet of anything getting out. So we, we want to keep it that way. We want it to be secure. Yeah. We want it to be safe. Um, so that's good. So, so yeah. So I think I think you're right. I think it's it's grown legs and hopefully, you know, if you can help one person, it's a win, right? You know, if you it, can yeah. take, if you can take one head off of that. 4,000 blokes that, that committed suicide yeah. in 2020, then, um, you know, then we've, we've done a good thing. Uh, yeah. You've done a good thing. The, the team, the group has done a good thing. Um, yeah. So what would you like to see happen next? And where, where would you like the group to get to? Honestly, I don't really know. The main thing with the group for me is that it's not mine, if that makes sense. Yes, I've set it up. Yes, I've gone. I've got an idea. Yeah. But I don't want people to think it's just mine. You know, it, it's not. And... I want the, you know, the concept and the page. Yes, fair enough. That's mine. But everything else works through other people, through other yeah. people's content. Honestly, I don't know where it could go. It is literally, I'll just keep pushing it on Facebook. Every so often, I'll get a message out to guys on Facebook and just say, if you want to invite your mates, invite your mates, as long as yeah. you're male. You know, and that kind of thing. So on a, one of the new members might go, oh, I've got some mates that might want to join. This click, click, click. You've got three or four new members which again could be massive and life-saving potentially for someone. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, on Twitter, I'm trying to push it on Twitter because it's quite easy to get followers on Twitter. Because I can literally just go onto a mental health men's page, look who's they're following, who's following them, and literally just scroll down, click, 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 click on follow. And I could click 20, and out of them I'm getting 10 following me back. Yeah. So then it's putting the content on Twitter that's going to get people's attention. Because yeah. obviously we can't, it's impossible to be safe on Twitter. We're having, a, you can't have a closed group as such. It's, it's not, yeah. I can't, you know, I'm comfortable talking on Twitter, but a lot of lads won't be. Yeah. And obviously you only get so many characters, so that's also a pain in the arse. Yeah. Um, and as far as the WhatsApp group goes, you know, that's an idea that I've, I've took from somewhere else. But I've seen it work and I know how effective it can be if people yeah. you know are active in the groups so as far as it goes honestly mate i don't know i don't know what's next yeah i spoke to my guy well, at work about it and he's talking about pushing it at work which could be good but at the same time for me i'm a little bit i don't want it to get too corporate in a way and the other thing is i don't want to be restricted in what i might want to say so yeah. if I've got a load of guys from my company on it that might be high management, upper management, 
and I've had a day at work where I just need to just go, oh, what a shit day at work this has happened. I don't want to put something like that and then think, shit, I can't say that. Or yeah, I shouldn't say right. that. I spoke to him about it yesterday and he was like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to push your work? You know, get LinkedIn and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, at the minute, just hold off. I don't really know. You know, like I say, just having just under 200 blokes is massive. It's loads more than I expected. I thought it'd be a local thing where, like you say, people are just being, people. Yeah. The local people in the local village <laughs> that are just that are just follow it because it's me that sets them up and they'll go oh well just you know we'll support him with that and then it might die down which again it still might die down i hope not but i think um i felt i thought this chat's been easy today yeah. which is good yeah um and you know i think we will we will continue this regardless i think because one, I enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I've, I've wanted to get involved in a podcast for a while. And I think this was, you know, felt like a, a good opportunity to do something that was meaningful. So what we're going to do from this point, we'll, you know, we, we, this is this is the pilot in a sense. Um, yeah. This may go on YouTube. We might start a YouTube page. We might try and put it on podcast platforms. We'll share it in the group. Yeah. Um, when we're working on this. Listen to this. I don't know what Bottled Up Blokes is. It's a group of men supporting men with any challenges that they may face within their, within their life, personal, professional, whatever. Search Bottled Up Blokes on Facebook, search Bottled Up Blokes on Twitter. Eventually you might get a YouTube, who knows where we're going to go with this. Um, we're going to do um, bi-weekly Teams calls with um, with a group of blokes. It might be monthly, we don't know yet. We Bi-weekly or monthly, we're going to try and do this every couple of couple of weeks with different blokes, just, you know, similar, similar format, discussing challenges and support. Just because if we speak to different people, they have that have got different support, we're going to get uh, you know a knowledge bank built up of different places people can go to for help. So that'll be really good. If you have to well regarding this, that, is um, sorry, jump in there, mate. Um, with the getting guys on the podcast, yeah, it's all right. Mid flag, it could be we could get somebody on who's never opened up before, and that could yeah. be their first time of opening up. And you know, it could be that the podcast gets listened to by three people. I don't care on that. Obviously, I want people to listen to it. I really hope it, it does well and that we can get it on YouTube and it gets views and that kind of stuff. But the main thing is if that guy has opened up and spoke to us, he will then find it easier to open up. Yeah. 100%. And if you can, if you can help one person, you know, it's, it's one more yeah. person that's, uh, that might not be in a, in a difficult position. So, you know, we, we've said it a million times, well, not a million times, I'm, I'm as, as normal blue, you think I'm exaggerating for <laughs> For sizes and times, but um, your problem is valid. Your problem is legitimate, however big or however small. Somebody will be there to help you. Somebody will be there to support you. My inbox is open. Tim's inbox open. There's a WhatsApp group. If you want the link, message Tim, and he can uh, he can get you involved in that. Yeah. Um, you know, have, have a listen. If you've got any ideas of, of anything we can do moving forward, obviously, like I said, this is very new to, to both of us. And, you know, just be kind, be kind, stay safe, look after each other. Um, Tim, anything you want to sign off with? No, mate, you summed up really, really well then. I just want the guys to just keep talking how they are, keep going how they are. It's been this last, what, nearly three weeks now, or just over three weeks, whatever. It's been amazing. Yeah. And I only hope it grows in that people continue to talk perfect well thank you for opening up it's good for me to hear you know and, and also it's been eye-opening for me you know knowing you personally as i do 
yeah. and not knowing some of this stuff you know it's 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 crazy to think that you're not able to you know you know we've, just, we've said we've grown up in this age of, of manning up and not talking yeah and now we're breaking that cycle and you can see that you know the numbers are the numbers are higher than we'd like them to be absolutely because any anyone that commits you know one person committing suicide is too much however yeah the numbers are a decrease men are talking men are opening up use this as your opportunity to to, to do it don't suffer in silence don't sit alone at night worrying unable to sleep we're there for you so thanks very much uh tim thanks nice for and see you in a couple of weeks See you later.